0: ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply when it comes to your finances go for the credit card that's always there for you Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, and we are here to take the mystery out of your financial life. We try so hard. The best way that you can reach us is to send us an email. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. But I want to point out that we have been getting slammed with emails, and I apologize if we don't get in touch with you very, very quickly. Um, It's just that, you know, everyone's got questions. That said, if you have something that is time-sensitive, let us know that, and hopefully we can try to, you know, get you up the line. So um, let me deal with one of our time-sensitive topics. This is from Paula. Paula writes, thank you for your concise and uplifting podcast. I will try to be the same. My 20-year-old daughter works at a national grocery store about 35 hours a week while she attends junior college. She lives at home, so no expenses. That's great. Okay. She started a Roth uh, with TD Ameritrade, and she also contributes to the company 401k. She's got $27,000 in savings. Oh my God, that's amazing for a four-year college. um, not bragging, just giving you the info you need, although mom thinks she's awesome. That's great. Here's her question. She earned a $1,500 bonus from her employer. She can, one, take it in cash, two, she can defer it into her 401k, and the company will match any amount deferred at a rate of 0.667. Any advice? She has no expenses except gas, car insurance, paid cash for her car, food and clothes. She wants to put the entire amount into a 401k. Okay. I think she should. I think she should put it all into the 401k also. The only downside to this, the only downside is that if she needed more money for college, then maybe you would take it. But I say if she's okay not needing this money and she's saving like crazy, defer the whole thing. Get the match. Move on. I think it's a great game plan. Mark, you like that one? It is free money. And by the way, $27,000, gang. Wow. She's so young. It's amazing. Richie writes, due to COVID, I need to seriously consider withdrawing a substantial amount from my Fidelity IRA. I am the definition of a novice when it comes to these matters I feel like this money isn't mine in a weird way. I don't know if penalties apply, but I'm fully aware that taxes will need to be paid. I need a quick solution and I'm out of other options. See, what I don't know is this. Under the first CARES Act, okay, under that first round of legislation, there was a way for individuals to pull money out of their retirement accounts. Um, If you were affected by coronavirus, you would fill out a coronavirus retirement distribution and you would have no 10% early distribution penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half and you could spread out the tax that was due evenly over three years. The problem is this was supposed to be just for Last calendar year. And I don't believe that this is being extended into this calendar year. So let's presume it's not. And now, what do you do, Richie? Well, you would take money out of your Fidelity IRA and you would make sure that there would be enough money pulled out to pay for your taxes. And better if they could even withhold taxes for you. And if you're under the age of 59 and a half, you may have to pay a 10% early distribution penalty, but I would I would see if maybe you could call this a hardship withdrawal. It, there is such a thing as a hardship withdrawal that is not actually related to COVID. So I'd give it a shot. And if you want to follow up with us, I'm happy to discuss more about like your particular situation because- Clearly, this is something that I think it sounds like you're a little bit at your wits end and we'd be happy to help you out in any way we can. Okay. All right. Next, this is from Marianne and she lives in Jersey, New Jersey. She freelances and she said, I freelance in an industry that's been decimated since the pandemic began. And because of a surgery that I required at the end of 2019, I did not take a job over last winter. And I went on COBRA in December. The organization through which she gets it has no way to extend how long it lasts. So she says, is there any discussion in Congress about extending the this benefit during the pandemic? I'm terrified that when COBRA expires on May 31st, I will not be back to work to earn the enough covered hours I need to return to her health care program. I suffered a, oh my God, I suffered a pulmonary embolism a few years back. It nearly took my life. I was just 50. I had no underlying conditions. I had no idea that I would require $100,000 in surgery, screenings, sonograms, medication, all that stuff. God. And I think of almost nothing else these days. I do fear COBRA running out in three more months before the vaccine is widely available and before my industry recovers. I don't know if there's any discussion about COBRA. Um, It's weird because COBRA did not get included in all of that conversation, I believe, about the extension of some of the healthcare coverage. What I do know is that in the current stimulus plan that's being discussed right now, in that plan, there is a part of it that is essentially a way to expand the Affordable Care Act. And it may be that you should start to do a bit of research on what kind of plan that you could use for that. Because if you can't extend your COBRA, you need an idea for what is going to replace that. So, you know, I do think the Affordable Care Act expansion might help you out in this. Terrible story, right, Mark? God. Okay, John writes, in 2016, I took out a long-term care policy for me and my wife because I trusted my advisor and because I had a few assets that I really wanted to protect. I'm halfway through a 10-year payment plan, going through a divorce. Oh, my God. And aside from that, COVID has beat my business up pretty badly, and I'm not so sure about the future. I never felt great about the policy to begin with, but now I really don't the payments are, oh my God, about just about $5,400 a year for 10 years. Um, That's for me. And then again, for my soon to be ex-wife, should I let the policy go or continue to make the payments or at least my own portion? I have a problem with this because we don't know enough about them, right? I don't know how much money you have. Frankly, a lot of the reason that you might have purchased the long-term care policy in the first place was so you could essentially be protected if one of you were to get sick and then the other one survive. But with now a divorce, it may not be quite as important. And it's just you. Um, I'm inclined to say, let this thing go. But before you do that, I'm, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about you. Okay. All right. Now, uh, if you missed our weekend shows, we had the fabulous Dan Roberts talking about Bitcoin. And a couple of you wrote in after those shows. And this is from Malcolm, who says, when you invest in Bitcoin, do you get possession of a coin? No, it's, it's like a figment of our imagination. Just imagine that you're getting that. You get an electronic confirmation that you own this thing called Bitcoin. Next question: When Tesla invested all that money, billion and a half dollars, how did that influence the price of Bitcoin? Well, I mean, look, a billion dollars is a big investment. Um, I think the bigger influence might have been that when you hear Elon Musk is using ten percent of the of Tesla's cash reserves to buy Bitcoin, that's a real signal that he's a believer in the long term. So I think that that shows influence money number one, but also influence. Okay. Um, and then more questions. Malcolm says, I understand there are only going to be 21 million Bitcoins minted. Where are they minted? <laughs> so what happens is they're minted through this crazy formula that a, a big supercomputer or a series of supercomputers has to actually solve. And, um, and that's why they're sort of also known that Bitcoin is known to be sort of a very big enemy of climate folks who say, You're, we're using all this computer power to what? What are we doing this for? Um, when you spend funds from your Bitcoin account, what's the cost per tr- transaction? Mark, is that zero? I think so. Yeah, it does. That's right. You're right. It depends on the platform that is used. So some, some platforms might take a little piece of the action. So, okay. So that's that. Keep sending in those Bitcoin questions. Um, here is Ken who says he loved the Bitcoin bootcamp. He's got a couple questions himself. He says, the thing an entrepreneur looks for is a need, a Problem that needs to be solved. So, what problem is Bitcoin solving? We already had money in the US dollar as the world's reserve currency. So, the problem that the original Bitcoin folks were trying to solve was how do we create a currency that is free from a central bank oversight, which they might call manipulation? And how can we transact business without having as many fees from financial intermediaries? So I think that that's not only that, it's just sort of a fun thing that they wanted to solve, but I think that was what they believed was the problem they were trying to solve. Okay. So then Ken goes on with Bitcoin's huge valuation fluctuations, it's actually creating more problems to depend on it in a real economy. So maybe it has no actual value. Is this tulips or what? Ken, I love that idea. I don't know. I'm sort of with you that it's right now trading like tulips, like a mania. But if there is some notion that there will be an easy, efficient way to transfer assets globally without financial intermediaries, then it will be the real thing. But it ain't there yet. Right now, it's a little more tulip than reality. Okay? Thanks so much for listening. This has been a great pod. And if you've got financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. All you have to do, send us an email. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. Send all of your Bitcoin questions to Mark. He's becoming the Bitcoin expert here. Don't forget to subscribe to us. And if you wouldn't mind, leave us a rating or a review. Mark says it really does work. Some reason. I don't know why. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Mark does an amazing job every Friday of gathering up great stuff. So check it out. And as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, do something nice for someone else today, would you? It would make that person feel so good and it will make you feel good. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow.